Hey guys, you're listening to Leaving a Legacy. You don't have to scoop to anyone. Right. Even it, your mom, you know, and she's <laughs> in the top eight, and you're going to hop around, man. So we're going... <laughs> we moved into the balls deep portion of the <laughs> There's some things you just can't find, but... Like, like Mex- Mexican food, you can't buy Mexican food. <laughs> <laughs> so, Welcome back to the show. That's good for them. Phantom needs to fuck me up, man. That'll be the stinger. That'll be the stinger. All right. Hey, go ahead, that's, Adrian. No, uh, well, go ahead. What? That's the intro, buddy. <laughs> no, God, please don't let it be the intro. Yeah. No, that's the intro. We're going right into it now. <laughs> You chimed in. Here we go. So we got it. Pat's on the call. Uh, Say hello, Pat. Just fucking everything up over here. <laughs> you do this and, every time. Gosh. Oh, my. Oh my. <laughs> and oh, Jerry's on the call. What's up, friends? And, and I'm here. So how's everybody fucking doing? Nah, pretty good. Can't complain. Can't Why complain. Not? How uh, can you not have a complaint? I mean, I have a lot of complaints. I'm just saving them. Oh, okay. <laughs> you can't. You got to start high and then work your way low and then just crush their dreams into the ground. See, well, there's a different like can't and won't are two different things. Like I, can't <laughs> and I won't complain. It's oh, two different right. fucking things. You're man. right. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> there's nothing that you can't do. That's true. I can do anything I set my mind to, except win tournaments. Can't do that. <laughs> I did not. Did it not go swimmingly? So. You know how sometimes you just have those tournaments where just everything's going your way and you're just on a hot streak and no matter what happens, you just can't seem to lose? Okay. Yeah, this wasn't one of those tournaments. This was like a 15 turns can't flip a Delver tournament? Yeah, this was like the exact and total opposite tournament. <laughs> there was no turn one fucking Emrakul's happening. <laughs> I did once. I did once. And he went turn one Caracas. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, so I went to Eternal, uh, it was, yeah, Eternal Extravaganza down in Coopersburg, Pennsylvania, Tales of Adventure put it on, it's their third one, and they do a killer job every year, so can't wait for next year, but just was not my tournament at, in the slightest, uh, I ran Sneak and Show. Okay, I was gonna say, did you show up with Modern Storm? That would have been pretty fucking bad. <laughs> nope, I, I showed up with Sneak and Show, and no joke, I don't think I could have cherry picked worse matchups for me. <laughs> death and taxes, blue white death and taxes. Oh my god, it, it it was it was a joke. Like it it set turn one of game one set the theme for the entire tournament. My opponent wins the die roll. And for his turn one play, game one of the very first round of the tournament, Belcher. he goes, <laughs> no, he goes Caracas, Mox Diamond, Chalice on one. Oh, God. <laughs> and I'm just like, you've got to be kidding me. <laughs> so he goes, he's he's on aggro loam, and so he wins that game, obviously. <laughs> I have no cantrips. Uh, I can't show and tell. I'm on sneak attack only, and I have to basically nut draw <laughs> into the win. That does not happen. I lose game one. Game two, we both mull to four. My four cards are land, 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 Grizzlebrand. His four cards are land, land, Dark Confidant, Mox Diamond. Mm. So that's better than land, 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 Grizzlebrand. (laughs) (laughs) So round one was over pretty quick. And I'm like, okay, shake it off. No worries. I got this. I got this. Come on. Come back. Come back time. Sit down across from my, first, my second round opponent, 
Can I go, just for a second? Can I go back to that turn one play of the tournament? Yeah. He went, he went turn one Caracas, right? Yep. You know what's good for that? What? Not of this world. True. I mean, I have <laughs> six sideboard cards. I have three Piping yeah. Needle, three Blood Moon. But it yeah, just, I know. It just doesn't matter if I don't if I don't mm-hmm. you know draw anything. Yeah. But so game two. Uh, I'm sorry, round two. I'm versing my opponent and I'm talking to him. And I knew this was going to happen, but I'm talking to him, and he's like, yeah, it's my first ever Legacy event. Um, don't really know the format that well. I mostly just play EDH. Okay. Uh, and I'm like, okay, so I'm, I'm friendly with him. But in my mind, I'm like, all right, nice. I need this. I need this. <laughs> it's like, I need this buy. I'm going to this dude. I'm just going to wreck him. I'm going to wreck him, and I'm going to get back into this tournament. <laughs> uh, I start the turn. I start the turn, and I, like, brainstorm and i this is like a it's a very small punt but it's a punt all the same is i laid out a lotus petal before i needed it okay and i had a volcanic island out and even though he said he didn't know the format well enough he knew it well enough to know that volcanic island plus lotus petal equals sneak attack so game one on like turn two he plays pything needle naming sneak attack and I'm just like, fuck, I have pretty much nothing other than the one Ashen Rider main deck in order to deal with that. So I'm like, okay, no worries. I'm on uh, I'm on Sneak and, I'm on show and tell now. I can just win with show and tell. So luckily I have the show and tell, so I go to play it, and he goes, Okay, it resolves. I put into play uh Emercool. He puts into play Primeval Titan fetching up Caracas. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> Bounces my Emercool. <laughs> <laughs> he wrecks me of course because he gets a free primeval titan <laughs> uh and then a free caracas and a free caracas and a pything needle on sneak attack so i'm just stone cold dead just you know, from that interaction uh he then proceeds to do that for two more games in a row he does it again game two and i still somehow like pull out the win by show and telling in an ashen rider to hit the the pything needle to then activate my sneak attack to kill him like skin of my teeth winning game two and then game three it's just the same story all over again you know pything needle turn one naming sneak attack show and tell in he puts in primeval titan fetching caracas so so all right, this is all, uh, you know, Monday morning fucking armchair quarterback bullshit, right? <laughs> of course. Um, so I, I know you like Ashen Rider. Mm-hmm. Uh, I still I still think in, in both of those games, uh, replacing Ashen Rider with Omniscience would, would do you a lot of good. Yeah, I can definitely see that. What I just really like the Ashen Rider for is that it's sick with sneak attack. Cause sure, because you get you get the double exile. Like I can definitely see where omniscience has a part, and I, it has a part, and I think I might add an omniscience cutting the set, like something, probably a preordain for another for an omniscience. I can definitely see the value in that, but just Ashen Rider plus sneak attack is so good. Deal five to the face, and then exile two permanents. Well, how how many Emercools do you play for? I run four Emercool, four Grizzlebrand, one Ashen Rider. Yeah, it's. I mean, I'd swap an Emrakul for an Omniscience. It's yeah. just as it's just as big of a threat. And when you draw seven off Grizzlebrand, you're likely you're likely gonna hit a fucking Emrakul anyway. Yeah, that's true. I can definitely see that. Um, but 
It's just, yeah, Monday morning quarterback shit. Yeah. It's also a little moot point because I de-sleeved the deck in a rage. Oh. <laughs> yeah, so after that tournament is when I is when I posted. Yeah. Oh, also I'm gonna I'm gonna like I'm gonna take this moment to thank everyone on the Facebook group because I got a huge like outpouring of love and support from all the members of the Facebook group. But it was right about now that I posted to the Facebook group, this deck is a steaming pile of garbage. <laughs> because it's like I had outs, like I had Python needles and i had blood moons but my deck was just falling apart on me i could not draw a card to save my life so that was the first two rounds and i'm already out of top eight after round two and round three rolls around and i get the buy you know how good your day is going when you get the round three buy how many people were in the tournament 302 And I'm just like, oh, God, this is my life. But I'll take it. I'll take the round three bye. Playing oh, for top not 16. Gonna drop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not going to drop. Playing for the round two bye. I'm sorry, playing for uh, top 16. Because also, like, I went down there with uh, Nick Wilbur and Steven and uh, yeah. Dan. And so they were doing well. So it wasn't like I was going anywhere. How was the ride down? Yeah, it wasn't bad. It only took us, like, four hours from Steven's house. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's not bad. Yeah. He lives in Connecticut, so it was like two hours from my work to his house, and then four hours from his house to the to the tournament. Hey, yeah, you stayed at a hotel. Yeah, we stayed at a hotel the night before. Uh, actually, the guy, we checked in at like midnight, and the hotel manager was giving us such grief. Like we we go in there, we're like, hey, we're checking in, and he just like crosses his arms and just goes, "How many are staying here?" And we just look at him, and it's like four of us, and he's like, "You put two people on the reservation," and we're like, "Okay, so." just charge us more then <laughs> and he like <laughs> threw a hissy fit and like was white knighting the fact that we quote-unquote lied on our reservation that we only had two people <laughs> it's like Jeez. sorry man we filled what it out you, on expedia quote unquote, you got four people <laughs> well we did but it's like it's not like we're like per, like sneaking people in the back room hold on, hold on. like we all four of he's us a, walked into the lobby <laughs> let's just pause for a second he's a fucking desk manager like it's not like he owns the fucking hotel and you're taking money out of his pocket like he needs to chill the fuck out, man. Jesus For real. Christ. Like, it's not like he caught us sneaking people in the back door. We all walked in. And then he just, like, put up a... Yeah, he put up a huge stink, and we're just like, dude, it's it's close to 1 o'clock. We have a tournament tomorrow. We just want to go to bed. Charge us the 30 extra dollars so we can get our room. <laughs> like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> um, but, yeah. So, back to the tournament. Fast forward. <laughs> so, I get the round three by... And I'm like, okay, it's dirty, but I'll take it. Uh, round two, uh, round four, uh, pairings go up. I sit down, and my opponent's nowhere to be seen. Uh, I wait, I wait, I wait, and then finally my opponent shows up, and the judge comes over and goes, "Okay, sorry, you're late. You're late to the uh, rounds. You have a game one loss." <laughs> and I'm just like, "Ah, oh, this is this is not that great, but okay, I'll take it." Uh, he plays, like, a Sensei's Divining Top, and then... So we go to game two, he plays a Sensei's Divining Top, and then he tries to play a Counterbalance, which I force. So I know he's on Miracles, and then I just proceed. After I force the Counterbalance, I just go land, show, and tell Emrakul, and he scoops them up. (laughs) So round four was equally short, and I felt super dirty about it, but you know what? I fucking took it. So apparently he was not on Legends Miracles. He was. He just... Oh my god, he didn't wait to top deck and see if he picked up Karagas? Nope. Yeah, he was... <laughs> he just tilted. He was just tilted. Because, <laughs> yeah, you still have, like, two turns past that to top deck the Caracas. But I asked him, it's like, are you not running Caracas in your deck? And he's like, no, I am. I just... I, I'm tilted. <laughs> okay. Um... 
So that was round four. So I'm two and two. And I'm like, okay, I'm clawing back at this. I got this. Game time. Game face on. Let's do it. Round five pairings go up. And I sit down across from my opponent. And he goes, turn one, Caracas, Aether Vile. And I'm like, son of a bitch. Oh. <laughs> son of a bitch. Because the only deck that that possibly could be is Death and Taxes or some random, strange, crazy brew that I've never seen before. Well, you've seen Aaron's deck. Yeah, I mean Aaron's. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Well, uh, of course, uh, Death and Taxes goes as it usually goes. And I just could not beat Death and Taxes. It, it wrecked me. So I'm two and three, and I'm just basically playing for fun at this point. I proceed for the rest of the tournament to only play Miracles and Death and Taxes for the rest of the tournament. (laughs) (laughs) The two worst possible matchups are just Miracles and Death and Taxes, and that's all I play for the next couple rounds. And they ended up in the back-ass bracket, huh? (laughs) Yep, yes they did. And uh, I I somehow managed to beat a Miracles player. I don't know how that was possible, but I built, beat a Miracles player. Uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I beat a Miracles player. That I mean, Miracles isn't as bad as Death and Taxes, but it's still pretty bad. But uh-huh. managed to get the Miracles player because he couldn't draw the Caracas in time. And then I also got my first ever win against a Death and Taxes player. And you nice. know how I did it? He got stuck on one land game one and then molds a four on game two. <laughs> <laughs> and even then, game two was close. <laughs> hey when's the win man take it just uh, take it yeah so i just got wrecked for the rest of the tournament managed to squeak out some wins ended up four or five my last round opponent actually my last round opponent was not playing caracas uh very last round i'm like thank god he's playing underground seas he's not playing caracas i finally don't have to play a caracas deck instead game one he plays fast mana and then lays out an ensnaring bridge uh-huh. <laughs> And I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. <laughs> Main deck and snaring bridges. <laughs> he was playing blue-black Tesseret, of course. And actually a funny picture came out of that match because at one point um, I had a bunch of lands out and I was trying to get the win and he had a full board and I had a Pythic Needle on his Tesseret, which was his only win condition on the board. But he had a Liliana and he kept ticking up the Liliana until finally he ultimated and he just said, okay, your lands are the Pything Needle. And I'm like, I choose the Pything Needle. <laughs> <laughs> so the game went on for about 10 more turns until finally, like, Dan came over and took a picture of the game state because his board is just filled with permanence. Just lands and sickness, baleful strixes, and like three ensnaring bridges, chrome moxes, a bunch of planeswalkers, and. His only win condition is Tezzeret, which I have the Pything Needle on. And it just kept going and going and going because he could not draw out of it. <laughs> uh, but, yep, that thus ended the tournament. Um, and luckily, Nick Nick ended up doing well. He lost his winning in for top 16, but he still came in top uh, 32, so he got two Savannas. So oh. at least someone walked away with dual lands from our car. Nice. <laughs> but, That's yeah. crazy. One of I've the... been looking for, like, the, the top eight lists, but... I haven't seen anything posted yet for either even a list or a uh, deck list. Or yeah. last week's episode. <laughs> <laughs> or last week's episode. Yeah. Um, My well, bad. Yeah. <laughs> that. Those those tournaments always take a little while. Um, it'll yeah. probably be out by the end of the week. Yeah. Nice. I'll be interested to see those lists. I mean, I'm curious to see if it was a uh, a very heavy like death and taxes uh, metagame over there because it seems 
for you to face it so often, it's pretty crazy. Thirty-three uh, percent of my matches were against Death and Taxes. That is a that is a that is more than you would expect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is more. Oh, also, quick shout out to uh, Chris. Um, he's a That's E regular. He made top eight with Elves. Oh, nice. Yeah, he's the one who had like who crushed me with Elves at um at the bunch of duels tournament. Yeah, the yeah one, he, he has like the whole like fucking all foreign elves deck that I don't know any of the car how the cards read. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, he's a yeah. really good player. I mean, he's also super nice. Like that kid. Yeah. Awesome. Oh, he's awesome. He's wicked awesome. Um, so I was really excited to see him make uh, top eight. So good nice. for him. Yeah, he's uh, nice he's good work. friends with like Curtis and that crew. Yep. Yeah. Good work, man. Good job. Yeah, but not definitely probably my worst tournament I've ever played in by far. <laughs> so with that, that put the uh, the nail in the heart of sneak and tack sneak and show. So. I de-sleeved it, put all the cards back into my binder. Taking my ball and going home. Taking my ball and going home. <laughs> Taking it and going home. So on to bigger and better things. And what's that? What are you? Uh, what are you going to be brewing up next then? If you're off sneaking show now. Uh, <laughs> so funny story. <laughs> so I've been thinking about brewing this deck for a while, ever since I saw the spoilers for Battle for Zendikar. And I was just like, all right, once Bunch of Duels is over, you know, Eternal Extravaganza, I can play Sneak Attack as the deck I'm comfortable with, then I can, you know, put this deck together. So I assembled the deck, brew it up, uh, you know, the Sunday after, because we got back Saturday night. We just did the Bonsai Run straight back to Boston after the tournament at like 9 p.m. in, in, <laughs> in Pennsylvania. So I wake up, lazy Sunday, I'm like, all right, took apart Sneak Attack, putting this deck together, putting it together, take a picture of it, throw it up on the Facebook group, and I'm like, all right, guys, here's what I'm brewing. And I instantly start getting texts from, like, Josh Sissio and other people. It's like, dude, you didn't brew that. What are you talking about? That <laughs> that deck was just featured on SCG. And I'm like, you've <laughs> got to be fucking kidding me. <laughs> so I put together the what I call the, the Reliquary Retreat, the, you know, Knight's Retreat, Knight of the Reliquary Retreat to Coral Helm band mm-hmm. combo deck. And it just so happens, the very day I put it together and posted it to the Facebook group, some uh, someone at the local SCG was just killing it uh, with the pretty a very similar deck. Steve Schlepphorst. Schle- Schlepperhorst. Yeah, Schlepphorst. Schlepperhorst. Do you have the uh, Do you have the deck uh, pulled up there, Pat? How oh, mine's So uh, for the creature package, he's running a Birds of Paradise, uh, four Knights of the Reliquary, three Noble Hierarch, Casali Pride Mage. One Sigarda, Host of Hurons. Uh, two Vendillion Click, one Dryad Arbor. Uh, he's got two Jace, the Mind Sculptor, um, and he's running uh, four copies of Retreat to Coral Helm. And if you guys aren't familiar with that, it's two in the blue for a, an enchantment. It has Landfall. Whenever land enters the battlefield under your control, choose one, and you can choose either you may tap or untap target creature, or you may scry one. Um, he's also running a copy of Sylvan Library, four Brainstorm, four day, uh, three days, I'm sorry, four Force of Will, four Swords to Plowshares, Four Green Sun Zenith, and the land package. He's running a single forest, uh, four Misty, one Savannah, one Surgy Step, uh, one Taiga, three Trop, two Tundra, two Wasteland, four Windswept, one Caracas, and one Kessig Wolf Run. Yeah, for those that don't know, because there are a couple cards in there that I had to look up myself, the Surgy Step is a white land. It taps for one white, but when it comes into play, it gives a creature protection from the color of your choice which I actually really like that tech. I think I'm going to get one of those because you can instant speed fetch that up with a uh, Knight of the Reliquary. So if they try and, like, abrupt decay your Knight mid-combo, you can protect it. Nice. Um, he's playing Sigarda. Yeah, that's yes. something I, I kind of disagree with. 
So I'm not going to disagree with it. I'm just really <laughs> that's really interesting. Sigarda is two green, white, white uh, for a legendary creature angel, flying hexproof. Spells and abilities your opponents control can't cause you to sacrifice permanence. That's a five-five. That's interesting. I mean, if they, I guess if they're if they're expecting a lot of like Liliana decks out there, right? Or a sneak and show decks with an Emrakul Annihilator. Sure. True. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, what he said in the interview was because he was afraid of Liliana's. Uh-huh. Uh, he was expecting Bug Delver and Shardless Bug to make a big comeback, so that's sure. why he was running it. Sure. So. so in my list, what I actually like a little bit better, mostly because it's a pet card, is I run in that sl- slot one Titania, Priestess of Aragoth, because who cares if they make me sacrifice one of my creatures if I'm making, like, 20 five, five, five threes. Hmm. Uh, just pumping up, out tokens with uh, Titania. And for what it's worth, uh, four copies of Shardless Bug in the top 32, so... Yeah. Clearly a lot, clearly a lot of Shardless running around. Yeah. So I, I, fucking I... kids in there, Shardless. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I definitely see the spot for Sigarda. I just think there's better options out there mm-hmm. than her. That's fair. Yeah, I mean, there was an elf that did the same thing with a lower casting cost. I just mm-hmm. found it interesting. Yeah, I mean, definitely some, some spiciness. The one I came up with was kind of more mid-range. I'm not as reliant on the combo in my version that I put together. Because where he's running Dazes, I'm running Stoneforge Mystics. Um, and then I'm also running two True Name because it really fe- heavily functions as a Bant mid range deck, which was just a pretty decent deck on its own beforehand. And then just so, I was just gonna say, so I hope you were able to tell these guys that, that your list was not just featured on SCG. No, no, it was not. He beat me to it, son <laughs> of a bitch. Brewed. Son of a bitch. <laughs> I mean, people have been brewing this for a while. LSV put together the list for Modern and posted it up on the uh, the Mothership. Um, a bunch of people have posted it. He's just kind of the first guy to actually place with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's definitely cool. I mean, it's definitely good to see that the theory is sound. It's nice to see someone do well with it, so you know you're not just kind of wasting your time. Yeah. Um, so, so what's the combo here? It's just between Night of the, Night of the Reliquary and Retreat to Coral Helm. Right. So, yeah. so Retreat to Coral Helm's the enchantment where whenever a land comes into play, you can either scry one. So I like that because that card's just kind of good on its own. Right. Um, just the scry ability while you're looking for the Knight of the Reliquary is pretty good. But where it really gets interesting when you have a Knight of the Reliquary in play, its secondary ability is landfall, tap or untap target. Is it permanent or creature? Oh, tap, it's, uh, it's, it's tap yeah, or tap, tap or untap, untap target, target creature. creature. Okay, so tap or untap target creature. So you just target Knight of the Reliquary over and over again, sacking lands and finding new lands. Okay. So you run through your entire deck put all your lands in your deck basically in your graveyard, get a bunch of activations. Meanwhile, you're tapping those lands for mana. Yep. Uh, so you have a bunch of mana, so you can fire off uh, Green Sun Zeniths uh, to find more creatures. Okay. Um, or what he's doing, which I think is kind of a little awkward, is he <laughs> he has the one Taiga for the one Kessig Wolf run to give the knight, you know, plus X, plus zero, and trample, which I just... I think that's not really that necessary, and you're, you know, the games where you draw Kessig Wolf and Taiga, you're gonna be really upset. Um, yeah, that seems bad. Yeah, I, I don't really like that red splash, but I mean, it, it gets there. I don't think it's necessary. I think you can use that mana other places, but that's that's what he was using as kind of his finisher. But or you can just, you know, use the excess because uh, what you can also do is you can get fetch lands with the Knight of the Reliquary, sack the fetch land to get a land to so get kind of a double activation. Out of retreat to Coralhelm, and you can use that activation to tap down their blockers. Well, you know what you know what that does do though, like to ha- being able to give that guy trample 
Like, it, I don't really care if I'm playing against this deck if, I, if his guys don't have trample because I have young pyromancer tokens for days. Mm-hmm. So it's like cool, cool twenty twenty, bro. Here's a one one. Feel right. Free, feel free to eat it. So giving them trample seems pretty good, and you can search it up with knight. So that seems like it's all right. You know, as a win con. Yeah, I mean, I don't disagree. Like, I, yeah. I definitely think giving Knight Trample is good. It's just, I don't think it's good enough to water down your mana base with a red splash. Sure. You could just run, like, Rancor, right? Yeah. <laughs> just just run Rancor. <laughs> Rancor is pretty good. I like that card. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if there's a land out there already that just gives a creature Trample when it comes into play. So you don't need to make it into, like, a two-card combo. Yeah. Like, or, and, or, like, dilute it with... Because I'm sure there's probably like a green land somewhere out there that gives that gives trample. Mm, I know like um, was it Nylea, the god from uh, from born, from the uh, Theros block gives all your creatures trample, but it's like a th- three mana enchantment creature. So I don't know if that's what they're looking for. Oh, the the bow of Nylea. No, just Nylea, god of uh, the hunt. Oh, okay. Yeah, she's a uh, th- yeah three and a green, but it gives all your guys trample, and if, if for three and a green, you can give a creature plus two plus two until end of turn. Yeah, so it's a little, little bit clunky. True. Can you can you green sun zenith that? Uh, yeah, it's a creature while it's in your deck, even if it's not a creature when it comes in the. Oh play. yeah, I guess you could. Okay. Yeah, that would yeah. actually be kind of cool. That's a really good point. So maybe you could even take out Kessie Wolf run run a one of Nylea and just green sun it. I mean, yeah. it's it's indestructible, so pretty decent. Yeah. Um, I mean, the version I was going for didn't even really need to rely on just the combo win. The combo is just kind of the, the nail in the coffin. What what I really was focusing on is just, like, Stoneforge Mystic plus True Name Nemesis, you know, Sword of Fire and Ice. It's just, what I like so much about the deck is this is a perfectly legitimate fair deck. It can win without ever seeing a combo piece. Um, it's just a Bant midrange. Like, I'm also running an Elspeth in my version, um, I'm also running a one of light from the loam, so you can kind of just get a loam lock going. It just functions as a really good, efficient, fair deck that can take on other fair decks. And where it really like surpasses is that when you run into those combo matchups or those matchups where you just need to shut the door really quick, you can go for the combo win. But by no means are you forced to combo win. Sure, that seems good. I think we should uh should play test the shit out of this. Yeah, I'm gonna <laughs> I'm probably gonna be running it at that Z on Sunday, so I'm excited nice. to check it out. Nice. We can always uh Skype some some games too if you wanted to. Oh yeah, Skype some games. You know oh, what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I am interested to see how it does against the young pyromancer decks. Yeah, I mean I can also like there's a, a cool website, uh I can't remember the name of it right now, but it allows you to like basically print off um uh I think it's called Meta Deck maybe? But uh, anyway, you can like take the um, you can take the top eight decks of like say like the top eight legacy decks, and it just prints off uh, little <laughs> inserts. It prints off little inserts for all your cards that has like them listed off the cards. So like if you wanted to say hey let's play the miracles matchup, I can just like take out a deck with all these inserts and with you know that deck will have all the miracles cards oh, on it. Or if it, you want to like, have, like multi- does it have multiple decks? Because I've seen that yeah. before. Too. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah those <laughs> are really cool. Yeah, so like we could do that where we print up like all the. Uh, you know, like the top eight decks, and just keep running this running this list against it. Right, it's, it's a way to proxy like eight different decks while only yep. having to proxy one. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yes, Adrian. <laughs> <laughs> have you guys? All right, let me let me fucking do this. Is are you guys talking about like? Uh, have, uh, you guys must have seen MTG decks, right? Uh, no, uh, I'm I'm sure. What what is it? Okay, it's yeah, a, I've seen this. Yeah, yeah. See it. So it's got like a bunch of decks. Yep. Oh yeah. Yeah, if you click one, uh-huh. are you talking about this? If you scroll down where it says print proxies? Well, no. Uh, 
Yeah, so go ahead. Yeah, you explain it. Oh, is it just little pieces of paper with a list? Right, so instead of it just being the one card, the way regular proxy decks are, where you proxy out the deck and you have that deck and you have to sleeve it up, what this does is on one piece of paper the size of a card, it'll list eight different card names and, like, you know, the basic information about it. So you can just put this one piece of paper in a sleeve and it's essentially eight different cards and they all correspond with each other so you only have to sleeve up one deck but you actually have eight different decks because that slip of paper has eight different cards on it so you're like all right i'm playing miracles we're using row one or i'm playing bug delver we're using row two or sneak and show we're using row three Yep, okay. exactly. So yeah, so it's it's pretty sweet. And like I can I just went there right now and like so I can go to like top eight database and I can go to the legacy tab and I can see all like the latest legacy results. So I can go to the premium IQ in Worcester, click on that, and it'll give me the top eight decks, the lists, including like it's everything. So the 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 sixty and the fifteen card sideboard and it will print like eight, you know, the top uh actually does the top twelve decks, up to the top twelve decks. Um, it'll print them all in the same card, and like you have to know the format because it's only going to tell you the name of the deck um, and the casting cost. Um, but you know, if you know that, you're able to handle that. Like you can have all the, you know, you can have a proxy copy of every single deck that's important in that metagame um, on a single single deck. So it's like an inst- if, an instant gauntlet. Yep, exactly, and, and it's not you know it's not as time consuming as having to sleeve up you know huh. ten different decks. Sure, you just do it sure. Once. Yeah, so. and you don't need a thousand different sleeves. Exactly. Yeah. So if you guys a good a good uh resource if you guys don't have like you know every card in Legacy or have every deck put together like you know Celso does, um, just use a meta deck and um that that's a really awesome resource. It's totally free and uh, check it out. Yeah. Also, tip for the listeners at home. That's what I finally. If you find yourself with all these extra sleeves, you know when they get too dirty to be used as tournament sleeves and you have to resleeve your deck, save those sleeves. Don't throw them away and just turn them into proxy decks and have yeah, those absolutely. kicking around. Absolutely. Absolutely. I got a lot of uh, ultra pro sleeves that fit that <laughs> fit that uh that description. Adrian, did you catch any of the um the uh what was it the SCG oh, Legacy Open this weekend? <laughs> you know what I was doing this weekend? What were you doing this weekend? A, a whole bunch of shit, but no, I did not catch the Legacy Open. Right. I, I I I fucking I had to cut down a couple of trees around the house, and at one point like. I cut down this huge fucking birch tree with his bare hands. All right, so you were just doing man shit this weekend. I was doing a bunch of shit, but the the fucking, I cut the tree down, and it, like, came down and hit the house, and I was waiting for the guy who owned the house to come out and yell at me, and then it dawned on me that it was me. Oh, no. (laughs) I'm like, oh, well, then there's no damage. I ain't worried about it. Oh man, it was. Uh, no, I, it was... Did not, I did not catch the legacy. Oh, open. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah, it was the uh, the legacy open. Um, it was interesting. Um, Tom Ross took it down with Infect, um, but the top eight were just to, to run it down real quick. Infect, uh, Storm came in second. Teamer Delver in third, which is what Rug Delver. Um, Reliquary Retreat, the list that um, Jerry just ripped off. Uh, shit. God damn it! <laughs> I literally posted like, I swear to God, guys, I didn't know this deck was literally blowing up headlines. No, I think we, I think we actually had, I think we talked about it when Zendikar was spoiled. I think that you actually called out the retreat to Coral Helm and the Night of the Relic. <laughs> thank you, thank you, Pat. Yes, listeners, go back and listen to that episode. I, <laughs> I was not just ripping it off and claiming it as my own. But I believe you did give credit to Caleb during it. 
Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> it was just hilarious. Where I'm just like, all right, guys, new brew, and then everyone just like, dude, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, and I literally nice, turn, I nice turn on brew, SCG. Jerry. Yeah, I turn on SCG, and it's like it's all over SCG. I'm like, it's son like, of a oh, bitch. Oh, really? Really? I'm trendy. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's 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 t- it was tin fins all over again. I'm like, yeah, I put together this Grizzle Brand reanimator deck, and it's awesome. And then I turn on SCG, and they're already doing. I'm like, son of a bitch. <laughs> Um, rounding out the top eight, uh, Charlotte's Bug in fifth, Red, uh, Red, White, Death and Taxes in sixth, Miracles, and Charlotte's Bug again. Uh, yeah, White, Red, Death and Taxes. I don't know what this is. It's, uh, I actually really like that list. It's Death and Taxes, Splashing Red to run Blood oh, yeah. Moon. Yeah, Imperial Recruiter and Magus of the Moon uh, are on the main board. And then um, you have Blood Moon in the sideboard? Uh, c- nope. no. No Blood Moon. No Blood Moon? Oh, okay. Nope. He is running a, a single goblin sharpshooter. I don't know why. Maybe for uh, the... for uh, pyromancer, young pyromancer, and monastery mentor. Goblin sharpshooter. <laughs> Hell yeah! One of my favorite creatures of all time. Love goblin <laughs> sharpshooter. It is my uh, it is my favorite red card. <laughs> yeah. So Imperial... yeah, that's also Jerry's favorite red card. <laughs> yep, my favorite red card costs two colorless and a red. And it's a freaking one-one creature. Eat it, Celso. <laughs> so is Imperial Recruiter just gonna search up like Phyrexian Revoker and Magus of the Moon, basically? It, I guess Mother of Runes and oh, no, it, actually, it there's a lot of shit it can run. It, can it doesn't get because oh. it's one or less. Phyrexian Revoker has two two power. No. Oh, no, no power greater than two. Oh, it's no power greater than two. Oh, so it yeah. fetches up pretty much everything in the deck. Thalia. Yeah, that's actually kind of cool. Yeah, uh, Thalia, uh, Vryn, uh He's running Flicker Wisp. They can't pick up, but everything actually. Stone you can get Forge. Thalia, Stoneforge, Renwing Mare. Um, yeah, everything in the deck except for Flickerwisp. Oh, I That's fucking love cool. Manrique Gasari. What? Manrique Gasari. It's a it's an artifact equipment that's in a sideboard. It says destroy target batter skull. Oh, it's a, yeah, destroy target artifacts. You find somebody who's playing like a fucking true name nemesis with a jet, oh. you just bash the jet off. That's cool. Mm-hmm. No, I always like it's like cards like ninety nine cents. Yeah, it's kind of like, actually. Like, that's fuck around really with some cool. people. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd pull it in out of the side of my folks sometimes yeah. and just catch people that were playing True Name Nemesis, but mine could be equipped. That's. <laughs> <laughs> it's freaking fucked up. That's pretty cool. Yeah, no, it's it's a it's a cool card. I mean, it's good against equipment decks. It's like fucking useless against Sneak and Show. It's useless well, yeah. against <laughs> Bring it in against yeah. like, um, I mean, it's not. It doesn't have to. It doesn't have to deal damage the way a jet does. Like I wouldn't use it in elves to protect against a jet. Elves is weak to a jet, mm-hmm. but like it's it's got its place. It's not. It's not commonly played. It's just interesting seeing it in the sideboard because it's not commonly played. Huh. Um, the other thing that I noticed is like so. I I always go through lists and just looking for like blue red delver lists. And for the last like two months, every single blue red delver list is not really blue red delver. It's like red delver. Um, but this, uh, this Legacy Open actually had, like, one, at least one, like, true Blue-Red Delver list, uh, that was actually pretty cool, that was running a play set of Goblin Guides, so I kind of wish I hadn't sold my playset off, but, um, it was a neat list, like, running Delver, Goblin Guide, Grim Lava Mancer, a pair of True Names, and three Young Pyromancer. Oh, um, yeah. Everything else is kind of stock. He's running two Price of Progress main, two Blood Moon in the side, in the sideboard. Um, and a hibernation, which is a card I didn't hear, I've never heard of. That's pretty cool. <laughs> oh, hibernation, yeah. Read yeah. yeah. that card off for our listeners. That's a good one. Yeah. So hibernation is a two and a blue for an instant. Return all green permanents to their owners' hands. 
So that's pretty sweet. See you later, elves. See you later, Goyf. See you later, Dryad Arbor. Oh shit. Um, see, I mean, that would wreck like uh, Curtis's en Enchantress deck, right? Like all those guys go back to his hand. Uh, yeah, except for the Enchantress's presence, which is an enchantment. Oh yeah, but all his uh, what the uh, what are like the zero one hexproof guys? Yeah, it, it gets them. It, I'll go it, through it, 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 so it's definitely worth it. Again. Did you look at that? Did you see Oh, it? and yeah, so the, the other thing I wanted to mention was uh, com uh, coming in the top, was it the top 16? Yep, top 15th, 15th place. place. 15th place was a Tinfins list. <laughs> yeah, and and I know it's St. Louis, so Logan Crean's out there fucking doing Tinfins too. And uh, he didn't place as well as Josh, but I'm sure they've been working on the deck together. I'm not sure who Josh is, but I can guarantee he's on the source. <laughs> yeah, it's um, do you want to run down the list real quick, Adrian, or is pretty much everyone... Probably everyone who listens to this cast knows what <laughs> this is. Actually, this looks uh, doesn't actually look terribly different. Um, there's no silence. He did use the Doomsday sideboard and uh, Shell Dark yeah, Isle. Shell so. Dark Isle Doomsday. That's fucking awesome. I saw there was someone at External Extravaganza who was running Doomsday. That is a deck you don't see very often, but when you come across it, stop and watch it because it is an interesting deck to follow. So well, it's Doomsday. not so much it's not so much the deck they just use a Doomsday sideboard out of this. They did it in um, one of the guys did it 56 place at GP New Jersey also. Mm -hmm. Where like he, you know game one he'll just fucking tin fins, uh, disgustingly, and then game two. So you were about to ask a question, Pat. Yeah. Um. Uh. So why are they running Doomsday in this list? Okay. <laughs> so there's there's a few reasons to do it. One is that you can actually build up a storm count to tendrils and kill. All right, another way that is really fucking awesome is that you cast Doomsday, search your library and graveyard for five cards of your choice and remove the rest from the game. So your library has five cards left in it. Put yep. the chosen cards on top of your library in any order you choose. You lose half your life rounded up. And you're playing Children of Corliss, so that really doesn't matter. And you have sure. five cards left, so you better kill them fucking quick. Oh, anyway. man, I, I didn't even put two and two together with that Children of Corliss Doomsday combo. <laughs> then, but, yeah, it, but it's, it, it gets fucking better. So then you get Sheldock Isle. Right, it's got hideaway. When you play Sheldock Isle, you search the top four cards of your library, and then you fucking um, wait. What is it? Hideaway. It says remove remove one from the game face down, Under and then put Sheldock the rest on the bottom. Isle. Yep, and then for a blue and tap it, you cast the removed card uh, without paying its mana cost. Okay, so you you if your oh if your library has fewer than twenty cards in it, which you have you, which you have five from Doomsday. Right. Okay, so you Gataxi and probe. You pick up the Sheldock Isle, you play Sheldock Isle, you look at the last four cards of your library, you stick Emrakul underneath the Sheldock Isle, and you cast them for one blue. That's pretty good. Yeah. You get the extra turn, and you attack for 15. Yep. It's one of the few, <laughs> it's one of the few ways to cheat into playing Emrakul and still take the extra turn. <laughs> oh. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Oh, okay. So, like, but like, if you're going that route, you have to know that you're going to stick it, right? Like, well, if you get forced, like... like it's a super complicated combo. That's why people don't play Doomsday, is it's so easy to fuck up. Because well, Doomsday is like a deck, right? Doomsday itself is just right. a deck. Yeah, and it, it builds up off these combos. But the thing with, like, Tinfins is that when you turn one reanimate and kill somebody, you, the Sidon in Extirpates, the Sidon in Surgical Extractions, the Sidon in fucking Grafdigger's Cage, all of that is useless to a Sheldock Isle. I really right. like that. I like that a lot. So it's just kind of like um, siding into a different deck. Right. Yeah, you have a you have a completely different win condition. And then so it, and so even if you lose game one, you side in this game two, 
and then game three they're kind of boned because they don't know like what angle to attack you from right to side against this is yeah this is definitely one of those decks where when you're sideboarding you sideboard in 15 cards (laughs) and then you and then you go through the deck and pick out the ones you don't want to play because literally just only sidling uh, siding in five or only not siding in anything or anything like that it just if your opponent's smart they're gonna watch you to see what you do so you just have to side in 15 cards and then take the 15 cards out that you don't want to play and it's oh. cute because you, you can fucking you can doomsday game to this deck completely around somebody mulling down to a ley line of the void hoping what is Lindul's vault oh it's like Lindul's vault good stuff this so is the top is... five cards of your library as many times as you choose you can pay one to put those cards in the bottom and look at the top five cards of your library. It's so basically, you, can... basically you look at the top five cards of your library any number of times you want, paying one yep. life each time, but it works like not quite like a Demonic Tutor, but like a Vampiric Tutor. And Vampiric Tutor is banned in Legacy, but <laughs> Limdol's Vault is legal. So you get a blue-black, you get to set up the top of your deck. Yep. Um, a lot of a lot of people like it. Uh, I've it, it's, it's okay, but for me it just sets up the turn two kill instead of the turn one kill. It's yeah. nice. The good thing about Limdul's Vault is when you play it with Chrome Mox, you have access to either color. Yeah. Like, that, that's, sure. that's a benefit yeah. to it. But it's actually, like, if I set up and you're not sure what I'm doing, you do something, end a turn, I Limdul's Vault and set up to kill you on my turn. That's pretty cool, man. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a, it's a, it's so, a, it's a pseudo-legal demonic tutor. It's, not, <laughs> it's instant speed. That's the benefit to it. It's yeah. also, if you have uh, a good amount of life... Uh, you can stack pretty much your entire deck and know the order of your entire deck. And you if there's a Children of Corliss, it's pretty good too. Yeah, if you have a Children of Corliss, it's awesome. You can't rearrange your entire deck, but you can see the exact order because you're constantly looking at five, putting them on the bottom, looking at five, putting them at the bottom. Right. And I think it's if you have an odd number of cards, or, or a number of cards that's not divisible by five, it is possible to rearrange your entire deck, but you may get called for slow playing because you have to run through the over well, you and also, over again. You also need an excessive amount of life to be able to do it. Yeah. I mean, I've, I, like, you could do it with uh, Petals of Insight out of Omni Show. Yeah, exactly. Petals of Insight does it too. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, if it's not divisible by three, but yeah. Yep, exactly. So, so I have another question for you guys. Um, I saw, so obviously... Tom Ross is maybe, like, one of the best Infect players around. I mean, the guy's, like, fucking insane with the deck. Do you think that that deck is, like, good? Or do you think it's just mostly good in his hands? Because, like, I saw Infect came in ninth as well. And it seems to be making, a, like, a comeback. But is that something that, like, people should be preparing for? That's just a combo deck. I think Infect is a good deck. But it's, mm-hmm. like, people don't realize it. But Infect is a lot like Storm. You have lines of play that you have to make and some are right and some are wrong and it's easy to mess up the math and get screwed out of the game so a lot of players pick up infect because they think oh it's like the blue burn i just play my cards and then kill them Mm -hmm. and sure you can play it that way and you'll win some matches but you're not going to do very well that way if you approach it the way tom ross approaches it as a as a very concise mathematical deck that you have a lot have to play your lines perfectly it's a very good deck that will win a lot of good games, but it is by no... It's an easy deck to play, a hard deck to master. Sure. I think that's a... A lot of decks in Legacy feel like that, don't they? Like, they're they're easy to get your head around, but they're very difficult to be... Like, <laughs> yeah, definitely. I just feel uh, Infect more than most. Like, sure. Take okay. that and that's magnify fair. it. That's fair. Yeah. Uh, hmm. Speaking of Storm, um, I actually have the breakdown of the Day 2 meta, and it's pretty telling. 
for um, the SCG? Yeah, for the SCG. So Okay, yeah, let's run through that. So day two was 108 players. So, you know, rough percentages. I like that. That gives a kind of rough percentages with these decks about how much they make up of the meta. Um, obviously, in number one, I think we all called it Shardless Bug uh, with 14 decks. So that's like 12% of the meta, roughly. <laughs> Thank you, Dig Through Time. Yeah. <laughs> so Shardless Bug is back with a vengeance. So if you guys at home aren't, aren't ready for it, get ready. Um, because you're going to be seeing a lot of it in coming days. But what shocked me is tied for second with Miracles is Storm. Huh. Storm made a huge comeback. Uh, why? Uh, is it I... is it Dark Petition? Because <laughs> <laughs> people stopped playing Chalice at one. Yeah, that's really what it is. Same reason why Elves came back is people stopped playing Chalice at one. So uh, is that something that we'll see come back then? Yeah, I mean, I wasn't really expecting it as much, but I think Storm players have just been itching to get out and play, and for the last six months or so they haven't been able to because they've been hated out. Oh. So I think a lot of people are picking up Storm, kind of stretching their stretching their legs with the deck. But definitely good to see that. And coming tied for third is Rug Delver, seven copies. Uh, Bug Delver, seven copies. So bug regular Bug Delver plus Shardless Bug makes up twenty about 21% of the meta. <laughs> so one in five matches you are going to play against a Bug deck, people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we um, you know, we kind of knew that was going to happen, though, right? Like, Charlotte's just going to be much better now, so... Him to Torak just got so much better, and it's a great card that people should play. Ban it. <laughs> no, no way. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> please, please. Chris Chichi is still isn't forgiving me for Jerry Gate. <laughs> like, <laughs> hashtag, hashtag Jerry Gate. <laughs> it's, like our, it's like our private thanks, Obama. <laughs> hashtag Jerry Gate. <laughs> I didn't ban Dig Through Time, Chris. I just saw the writing on the wall. <laughs> uh, it's like, you, like you're walking through your house in the middle of the night, and you stub your toe, and you just yell, thanks, Obama. Yeah, thanks, Obama. <laughs> oh, dude. Uh, but, so, but Pat, uh, I remember you he- hearing you were thinking about pivoting into uh, Rug Delver. Yeah, I'm thinking about doing Rug Delver because um, I'm I'm looking to get uh, not out of uh, like Blue Red Delver, but I'm just looking to sort of expand my horizons and start playing with some different creatures. And I thought Rug Delver would be a good place to go. I was curious to hear your thoughts on it. It's a good deck. <laughs> <laughs> I remember when I first came back to Legacy. Um, this was, like, right before Innistrad was printed. Rug Delver was, hands down, the best deck in the format. Just mm-hmm. completely dominant. Like, I remember, I stopped looking at SCG top eights because seven of the eight were Rug Delver. You would literally check the top eights to see what one other deck made top eight besides Rug Delver. It was just that good. Yeah, I mean, the only cards I'm really off of it are the four Tarmogoyf, which isn't, like, not too high of a barrier to get into the deck, um... I already have my I already have my my one of life in the loam coming in through Puka Trade, so mm-hmm. I just need like two trops and four tarmos, which really isn't too bad. Yeah, because I mean we talked about this before. If you have blue red Delver, the natural closest pivot is Rug Delver. It's just yeah. adding a splash color, and yep. you're adding Nimble Mongoose, which is you know about a buck each. And then yeah, <laughs> the real barrier is the Tarmogoyfs. Right. which really I mean they're not even that bad if you're getting. Like I'm not gonna go out and go out and crazy and get future sight because I'm not a pimp like you, Jerry. But I'll hey, I have modern masters. Hey, come on, come on. (laughs) I'll go for some, you know, modern masters two tarmogoyfs. Those are fine. Yeah. Although the art, the art on those on the uh, future sight is pretty badass. 
It took I like me the new art better. Well, for the really? longest time, I thought the Tarmogoyf's arm in the future site was its head. I thought it was oh, no. this, like, weird, like, misshapen thing, and then I realized that's its, its like, fist arm. Yeah, no, it's got, like, uh, it's got something in its maw, I think, already, too. Mm-hmm. Like, it's got another dude in there. It's pretty, pretty badass. Actually, have you guys ever heard, like, the story about Tarmogoyf? What? Like, how, how the, the power toughness of that creature was messed up? Because Tarmogoyf, like, Lurgoyfs in general, I mean, have you ever seen the original Lurgoyf from, um, uh, Ice Age? Oh, yeah, it's a classic. Just really bad, right? So, uh, Tarm- it was good back in the day. Sure, sure. But, I mean, like, like, tar- like, so Tarmogoyf was supposed to be a star star creature, not a star one creature. Which oh, I think, really? Yeah. That's but then it would die if it was the first thing played and nothing was in the grave. Right. right, right, right. Which is how Lurigurus, you know, all goifs in the past have been. Right. Um, I thought that was pretty interesting. Yeah, um, they added the plus one toughness. Yeah, it was a mis- it's just like a complete error, which is crazy because considering it's a complete error, the thing could still be an eight eight for two mana. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's kind of like Skull Clamp. Skull Clamp originally gave plus one plus one, but then they decided that was too good, so they made it plus one minus one, which made it <laughs> from very good to broken. Right. <laughs> Yeah, Skull Clamp is kind of kind of ridiculous. Uh, but yeah, that's interesting. I didn't really know the story. I thought you were referring to that I heard that always makes me laugh about Tarmogoyf is when the set first came out. No one really knew Tarmogoyf was a breakout card, so mm-hmm. it was a bulk rare when it was printed in and Future Sight. In Future Sight, oh, when it first came out, it was a bulk rare. Like you could pre-order it for a dollar. And, you know that kids buy your bulk rares. Yep, and there's 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 this guy who wrote budget magic decks on the Wizards of the Coast website, mm-hmm. and he came out with an article about a budget deck based around Tarmogoyf, yeah. <laughs> and it was like the price of the deck would have been like you know thirty dollars to put together, <laughs> but the week it came out was when people discovered that holy fucking shit Tarmogoyf is amazing, <laughs> and so his budget deck came out and it instantly went from like thirty dollars to four hundred dollars. Oh, <laughs> so it's like a four hundred dollar budget deck. <laughs> well, I think I think like Lurgoyf was its power and toughness is equal to all creatures in all graveyards, right? Right. Is that what it was? It's still a uh, EDH All Star. Really. Yeah, if you think about it, there's four players, all of them with a shit ton of creatures in their graveyard. He gets big pretty fast. Yeah, that's fair. Hmm, interesting. Um, still sees a legacy play every now and then. That's the one green green power and toughness equal to all lands in all graveyards. That seems good. <laughs> that's Yeah, that's pretty good in legacy with all the fetch lands running around. With all the Deathrite Shamans fighting over him. Yeah, actually, funny story, before Tarmogoyf was printed, Rug Delver was still a deck, but it ran... Uh, Terravores and Werebears. <laughs> uh, Terravor. I've never even seen this card before. Yeah. It's from on- oh, Odyssey, okay. Yep. Yeah. There's still a uh, an aggro loam deck uh, floating around, because it runs Countryside Crusher and Terravor and Molten Vortex. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Anyway, that's yeah. interesting. Yeah, so that, that's probably the next deck I'm going to get into. I'm going to start picking up. I need to get two more drops and uh, place a Tarmos, but... Yeah. Well, I told you I have. I'm not been a good divorce attorney. <laughs> I'll slowly, slowly pick them up. Yeah. I mean, I've gotten, I've gotten quite like I have a pretty decent sized legacy collection, considering I just started in May, and I haven't got, I haven't been in the doghouse too much. So, there you go. <laughs> gotta do it, gotta do it when it makes sense, you know. Yeah. Well, also in the meantime, I'm not using my Tarmogoyfs. Yeah, I would uh, absolutely see. love to borrow those. Can I borrow them? Even though I uh, still haven't got my stifles back. Ahem. <laughs> I gave those. I gave those back to you. Okay, maybe I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> I 
<laughs> Wait, no, you didn't, because I didn't go that week. Oh, okay, so they were still in my binder. Well, it's not my fault you don't fucking show up. Duck at me. <laughs> yeah, Pat, it's because I'm scared of you. That's why. <laughs> oh, man. So, well, you know, you know what's one thing I always say after like we play. I always tell you good game. Like I, that's one thing that I'm always even if doing. I don't mean it. <laughs> <laughs> I always, I always tell my opponents good game, that's whether good. I win or lose. Like I always say good game, and yeah. there has been a little bit of a, uh, a yeah. call it a kerfuffle. There was a, uh, a an article that came out. I don't know what website it was on. I think Quiet Speculation. Did you actually say kerfuffle? Yeah, I said kerfuffle. <laughs> It's, a, I am a, it's definitely I am a, it's a Scrabble word. It's definitely a Scrabble word. <laughs> at, least, at least one of us is doing manly things. <laughs> so, the, so, so, yeah, there's a, um, there's a bit of a, uh, we'll call it a dust-upper, right? Does that make you feel better? We'll, we'll what, what is a dust-upper? <laughs> no, a dust-up. Just a dust-up, not a dust-upper. A dust-up? <laughs> a dust-upper is my new is, favorite Is crop dusting? What do you do? <laughs> I need some honey milk and a warm bath. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so I, I was curious to get your your input on it because I have kind of strong feelings on this. Um, the article was basically like, you know, the uh, what's the best way to put it? Etiquette and magic. Like people saying <laughs> good game, like you know, like offering your hand after a win or a loss and tell, telling your opponent good game, regardless of how the match actually went. Like, how do you guys feel about that? You know what the best fucking thing I've ever heard was? Like, this this is actually, like, I, you know, play a lot of games with people or whatever. Mm-hmm. I think Grand Prix Boston, I'm just playing Modern, and, and I'm playing fucking Gorio's Vengeance. And uh, I lost to somebody early on day one, and the way, at, at the end of the game, the guy just looked at me and said, like, well, I'll, I'll see you in day two. And, yeah. I, and I'm like, wow, that's the fucking most interesting. That's classy. That uh, was very classy. Kind of, kind of in like that, that same vein is someone someone told me this and I really liked it is instead of saying good luck at the beginning of the match they say I hope you draw an appropriate amount of lands and spells <laughs> <laughs> and it's a mouthful but it has a lot of meaning behind it because it's like good luck is like oh I hope you beat me and that always kind of like sounded weird in my head yeah. but that's just like I don't hope you beat me I just hope we have a good game of magic sure yeah. Yeah. I mean I think good luck is just shorthand for that though right like. That yeah. guy just yeah. like, likes to hear himself talk, but... Yeah, I, I like it when people are at least genuine. I just like putting no, that meaning behind it. Yeah, I mean, I always tell people good luck. I'm always I'm, I'm always genuine about it. I mean, like, you know, that's what I mean by saying good luck. I'm, I hope that we get to play Magic and not one of us gets mana screwed or mana flooded, you know? Like, sure, I hope, but you hear, you, know, it a lot. you hear it a lot that's just disingenuous, too. People say it out of habit. Like, yeah. like when they kick you in the shin and go, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, what are you I, talking about? just because you say it, just because you say it out of habit doesn't mean that it's disingenuous. And I think uh, that in okay. order for it to become a habit, you say it because you mean it, right? Yeah. Like, well, like well, if if someone if someone gives me like someone gives me a piece of cake and I say thank you out of habit, I still mean it because I'm thankful for the cake. You yeah, because it's fucking cake. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's not, it's not like ass. Said that Adrian, but sure. Wait, what? <laughs> How did I get herpes from cake? <laughs> it was really good cake. It was worth it. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So, well, the, arg- the argument has been that, like, oh, you know, you don't, you don't go and crush someone and then say good game to them. You know, like you don't do that. That's that's disrespectful. If someone, you know, if you beat oh. someone, you don't offer them your hand. Yeah. Like, well, tying it back is if you're saying good game, you know, honestly and genuine, 
and you actually it's like oh like i'll do that too I'm like hey good games man sorry that didn't work out like that's genuine i if you take offense at that that's just the biggest form of salt in the world oh my god okay like, so they are literally wishing you like hey sorry that didn't work out good game and you get pissy about that it's like fuck you you have you have no right to complain but if you well, adrian's saying they're kicking you in the shin it's like saying oh why are you hitting yourself why are you hitting yourself <laughs> <laughs> and they're saying it that way and it's like yeah well fuck then then yeah that is a you know a pretty scummy move you're just kind yeah of i mean so there's definitely con- there, there's definitely context in everything right like the context of the way they say things matters but I'll tell you, man, like, something that drives me nuts, and, like, I've seen this time and time again in Magic, is that because most of the people who play Magic are, like, generally, um, like, more intelligence-driven people, maybe not, like, so, like, physically-driven people, um, you know, I played a lot of sports, like, in high school and college and whatnot, and... I'm, I'm picking up. They're, they're nerds. You can just say yeah, so, okay. <laughs> Magic players are fucking nerds. <laughs> you got you fucking nerds out there who don't like to shake hands after a match. Like, I've been in... I've been in football games where we get crushed by a team, or we crush a team, and you still are like talking to the other players after the after the game, like shaking their hands, giving them hugs, like acting like a fucking adult. And I did this when I was 16, 18, 20 years old. Like sure. that's just what you do. Like that's what you do. Like it's a competition. There will be a winner. There will be a loser. Like sometimes, sometimes it's just not your day, and you you just lose, right? But to get but to get, I mean, just to get salty over that and say, oh, you know, you shouldn't offer your, you shouldn't like go to shake my hand if you just beat me. It's just fucking ridiculous. Like people need to get off their like deflate their ego just a fucking little bit. Jeez, you know? dude. You're like all steamed up over. <laughs> well, it just you know it drives <laughs> me like like all right. So I told. I, I'll, so, here's, here's a little here's a little question, Pat. I just want sure. to interject for a second. Okay, so yeah, when please. you guys when you guys are playing football and you go out and shake hands afterwards or everything, right? After the final score, how much time has elapsed before that happens? A lot of time. Well, okay. So, no, not much, right? after the final score, not much time. Like, Would usually the final three score, minutes? It's, it's more longer than, than instant, though. I see it where Adrian's going with instant. this. It's longer than yes. instant. When okay. somebody, has, in... somebody has a moment to comprehend what had just happened. Okay? One way or another. So, a lot of times, like, you know, if, if a game ends one way or the other, I like to pack my cards up first. Mm-hmm. And that's just, like, you know, whether I win, whether I lose. Like, if, if I lose, I want to pack my cards up first while I process what just happened. And I don't like to fucking, you know, put it off on, oh, well, you know, I didn't draw the one fucking card, because those conversations are always so fucking awkward. Like, somebody's like, oh, well, I had an out to that in the deck. And that's, I'm sure you do, but there's like 75 fucking cards, in the, you know, they're in your deck box. But you didn't draw it. <laughs> well, and so the thing is, is like, I, I like to just give people a second to just process and fucking deal with their own feelings first before they try to share them with somebody else. Because whenever, you, like, if, if somebody hasn't dealt with something first, it's going to be fucking awkward. You know that's that. You know what? Honestly, out of all the arguments I've heard, that it may, that makes a lot of sense. But I think so. Well, but that, that I think that comes in. What's that? <laughs> I don't make sense. <laughs> that comes in. A, that comes in a context, though, right? Like, I mean, it's yeah. Like, if if you lose, like you you know. But but even even though I still... played, so we had Aaron on last week. I played a fucking game with Aaron, and he was what what did he say is coming back? Um, Astroslide. Oh, yeah. he, he played Astroslide against me, and I was playing Elves. I couldn't do a fucking thing. I was tilted the whole fucking game. Like, and he beat me, right? Now, if he just looked over and went good games, like, <laughs> I don't know what the hell I could have done. See, that, but that's, that to, to me, like, I don't know, man. I still, I, I understand where you're coming from, and I think that's a reasonable, out of all the arguments I've heard, to the contrary, I think that's pretty reasonable. But, like, when you see guys in the Pro Tour, and they're playing for $50,000, like, 
and they lose like 99% of the time they just immediately offer their hand as like as part of like the I guess the etiquette of concession but also like you know congratulating the other player I mean I mean I don't know man like I was telling Adrian last week Jerry like I used to fight MMA for like a year and a half and did some amateur fighting and um Pat, I've been fighting where, hobos I'm... behind the local Dairy Queen does not count as MMA. How many times do I have to tell that's you? That's good training, Jerry. That's really good training, okay? Hey, that's hey, how hey. Fedor did it. That's how it, Fedor it did was, it. It was good cake. Yeah. <laughs> for cake. Like, fighting hobos for cake. But, like, I mean, I was literally in fights with guys where I fucking TKO'd a guy, and he got up and could barely stand, and he still hugged me like an idiot. Like, that's just what you do. Like, that's and I mean that's physically assaulting someone and they're not getting upset about it. We're playing fucking cards and you're gonna tell me you can't like accept a handshake after a game even if you did lose even if you got trounced. Like I've been fucking knocked out and like you still like get up when you get your senses and you still like give the guy a handshake and you hug him. I mean these fucking nerves, man. Like oh my god, a set of balls well, or a pair of ovaries. Go, going to that, I, I almost wonder if it is part of a thing between a physical competition and a mental competition. Because when you kick someone's ass in MMA, it's like, all right, yeah, you kicked my ass. It's like, you're stronger than me, you beat me. But when you beat someone in magic, it's almost like this, you're smarter than me. Oh, I mean, I guess, but like, but you're talking about, like, I mean, so sure, like two people who are intelligence-based, like one person get up, gets upset that the other person is smarter than them, but like in a fight or in a sport, you're, you would get upset because you're basing your sport on being on physicality and also like That's intelligence true. to an extent. No, I think I think at that point you get into another uh, another level of like um so you somebody can get to a point of questioning their self identity by how they define themselves. That's and, and like, so and, I, that's for example, I, I have a really close friend who's a biker, right? And and this guy's fucking awesome. And he's had a recent and this is just my perception. Um, you know, he's had a hard time recently with something happened with his neck. He can't pull the clutch on his bike. Mm-hmm. That's a self identity thing. So uh, and so I I and that's I think probably kind of like the crux of the argument really that people aren't talking about is that. People identify with magic for a lot of a lot of the people who play the game. Like they are like introverted. They are like somewhat socially awkward, like Jerry. You know, like so. <laughs> <laughs> so they 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 you know their their successes in magic are like what define. Them. You know what I mean? Like their their and their failures in magic are what define them as a person. And maybe that's a little bit less um, apparent or a little bit less uh, common in, in sports. Well, that they can feel that way. Sure, sure. I could see yeah. that. Like it's, I mean, it's not what defines you, but it can feel that way. Sure. Uh, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. That, that's what I'm getting at. Like, obviously, like I don't let legacy, I don't let playing cards, like define who I am as a person. Like, who I am as a person goes way far beyond that. But I'm also probably older than most of the people, you know, than the the core like demographic of. Oh, of uh, sure, maybe magic, but maybe not so much legacy. Right. No. 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 Yeah. Exactly. That's why. That's Which... why I say, you know, magic, not legacy. I feel it's a lot less of a big deal in the legacy community compared to the standard community, and I think that does have to do with just kind of the maturity of the legacy. Yeah, yeah. you know, the yeah, average I, age is definitely older. Agree. I agree. I agree. I mean, I've I've played some games um, with legacy players, like even in like you know, I don't want to call them high stake tournaments, but like even the the SCG, um, the IQ that we did not too long ago in Worcester, where like I lost round one against a Miracles player, and I wasn't like upset about it, and he was nice enough to like spend ten minutes and talk. Talk me through the the matchup, and you would never see that in a standard in a standard tournament. Like, oh really? The gets up, walks away. Yeah. Oh yeah. Was... I I always try, especially with newer players too. It's because that like we all want legacy to survive as a format, and the only way that that happens is if we don't drive new people away. 
So, like, round two of Eternal Extravaganza, where the guy said, it's like, yeah, I've never really played Legacy before, this is my first major tournament, and then he crushes me. I was tilting hard. <laughs> Nothing yeah. tilts me harder than someone saying, basically, I don't know as much about Magic or this format <laughs> as you do, and then just beating me. Like, that is one-way ticket to Tiltsville for me. <laughs> I, was t- <laughs> I was fucking tilting hard. That's what I was treating like, this deck is fucking garbage, I hate this game. But you know what I still did? I still shook that guy's hand, I'm like, hey, good game, I hope you have a good rest of your turn. Tournament. I still said that, you know, even though on the inside... Even though like, I did not mean it. <laughs> no, I meant it. I meant it. But even on the inside, I'm just like, God fucking damn it. This game is terrible. I hate everyone. <laughs> but you still gotta... You know, I was still like, I can't... You know, this guy just beat me. He just got his first win in his first major legacy tournament. Am I gonna spoil it for him by saying, oh, you don't know anything, you didn't deserve that win? No. Right. No, and I think that... I think a lot of that comes with being, like, a mature adult and, like, understanding that you know, life is more than a card game, but yeah, I, I think it's just an interesting debate that people are having, and I think I think people I'm a like. I'm adult. I play card games designed for thirteen-year-olds. Well, yeah, is that, I mean, is that a literal lol? Is that a, in a real life lol? What just happened there? <laughs> Adrian just cracked up when it's in the middle. <laughs> yeah, so I, I just. <laughs> I, I also think we just got our, our title, too, because I wrote it down. One-way ticket to Tiltsville. I really like that. <laughs> <laughs> Woo-woo, motherfucker. Woo-woo. <laughs> the pain drain's here. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, dude. Uh, so so you guys remember, like, the old, like, Terry Crews commercial? Not Terry Crews. Terry Tate commercials? Yeah. Really, the office linebacker? Office linebacker? Yeah, those are great. So, so this was... I had a uh, a recruit visit. I played so I played college football, and I went to uh, Framingham. I ended up going to Framingham State, but I was up there on a recruit visit. So basically, like they get like uh, high school football players, and they'll bring them up to colleges, and like you bring them up on like a Friday night, show like the kids around, like they stay with the players Friday night. The get players them drunk. Show them a good time. Get them drunk. And like you have breakfast with the coach <laughs> on, on, on Saturday, and you leave, right? Then you get drunk. So, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, that's, that's showing them. We never went to Nichols because that place was all dudes. Like, the party they brought us to, like, oh, look how great our school is, all dudes. I'm, I'm not going here. <laughs> anyway, so the point is, <laughs> the reason why I brought this up is because I used to, I had this, um, uh, like, Terry Tate, like, office linebacker shirt. So it had, like, it was like the shirt he wore in the commercial. It had, like, you know, the big, like, 56 in the front and, like, his name in the back. Anyway, one of the offensive linemen from the from Framingham State, his name was Bobby. The kid weighed like I mean, like he was like a legit like 350, 380 pounds. Just like fucking sat on me on a couch at the party and like would not get off until I gave him my shirt. Like this like, <laughs> in the morning. He was like just drunk off his ass. He's like, Oh man, I really like that shirt. I really want that shirt and I'm like, I really need to breathe. Like <laughs> Sweaty dudes pressing against me? Yeah. And Sign surprisingly, that's the college I went to. That's the place I chose to go to. Wait, so you gave him... You, you, you got mugged. Pat, you got you got literal <laughs> oh, mugged. I mean, he was like a, just a big dumb animal. Like, there was no malice behind it. He was just like, oh, God, I really need that shirt. I mean, there was no way I was going to fit him. But he's like, oh, I need that shirt, man. I'm like, all right, dude, just take the shirt. I'll, that's fine. Just take the shirt. I have an extra one. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Christ. anyway. So tying it back, that's a lot like how shaking hands and magic. <laughs> Sometimes a 350-pound dude sits on your chest, and you just have to shake his hand. <laughs> Literally took the shirt off my back, and I'm not salty about it. Like, oh, uh. like honestly, you fucking nerds, just grow up. Like, you know, what? and if you get a little upset, that's fucking life, man. Like sometimes you just get a little mad about shit. Have a little fucking perspective, man. Jesus Christ. 
Oh God! I just want to like go around punch people. Asleep with your fucking language, buddy. Oh yeah, they're 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 out, man. They're out. I gave them both some uh, some nighttime coffee. Some Nyquil. Ah, <laughs> uh, sleep, sleep medicine. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Good night, motherfuckers. Just try some honey milk. <laughs> yeah, just just try some scotch. That's what I do. <laughs> Put some right out. Daddy, scotch is for daddy. <laughs> Oh, boy. All right, gents. With that, do we want to uh, get into top eight? Yeah. So, all right, so I will scoop in, Jerry. Um, <laughs> scoop in the top eight, Jerry. You needed it the past weekend at Eternal Extravaganza. Um, thank you for updating the Facebook and, and talking to people, which has been – like, that has been just a hopping place lately, man. People love talking about Legacy on that. So if you're not on the Facebook, like, get in there. Like, search Facebook for Leaving Legacy. Get on there. Like, there's all kinds of people – Brewing decks, like talking about whatever, talking about tournament results. It's a good place to be. I, so, thank I, you for uh, Jerry and giving feedback and like the play by play, like the round by round recap is just a lot of fun for me to read if I'm not able to go to a tournament. Yeah, I love that because that Facebook group now makes up the majority of my lo- legacy consumption of media because <laughs> I just can't. I don't. I'm not a like a blogger. Like I don't really like Reddit or any of those blogging websites, so I can't really follow like the source. Uh, or any of those other leg- like legacy hotspots, it just doesn't work for me. So I really like getting a lot of my information from, you know, the Facebook page and talking to people and engaging with people on there. And it's always like civil discourse. Like I was actually talking about a Dragon Stompy deck with someone who's just starting out in a legacy and wants to build Dragon Stompy. And I think Aaron actually uh, brought up. He was like, oh, we're talking about he. The guy was running Chandra in the list, and Aaron brought up, oh, why don't you run like the uh, Outpost Siege? And I was, I actually, was, I was like, oh, you know, I like Chandra because I like the ability to, to ping a ping a blocker and stop him from blocking. Mm-hmm. And then he actually went through like a little bit of a reasoning why, like, you know, Outpost Siege is actually a little bit better. Yeah. And it was like totally civil. And he, like, we were both like, I don't know, man. It's just nice to have a place where you can talk about legacy and not get shot down. And like, you know, for me, like, I'm still learning a lot. So it's just cool to have veterans out there who are willing to like teach. And um, yeah, but it's then it's a good place to be, man. It was kind of mean, though, and then Aaron showed up at your front step and, you know, threw salt in your eyes and said, yeah. <laughs> Elbow Siege is better, and then he left. Yeah, so that took a that, shit on my lawn. Yeah, she <laughs> took a shit on your lawn, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that happens, but, I mean, come on. It, yeah, you know. I mean, that's Aaron. I mean, yeah. that's, that's what we signed up for, guys. That's what we signed up for. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that's uh, that's all I got for, for now. Nice. What about you, Adrian? Hmm. Um... How about you, Jerry? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I got a I got a lengthy one. So, uh, I mean, first of all, uh, scoop into the a bunch of the uh, cast fans. I f- totally forgot to mention this before, but uh, so many people came up to me at the tournament and just said how much they really enjoyed the cast. Um, oh, so awesome. that definitely made uh, you know meant a lot to me. And I don't have my notebook in front of me, so I don't have your names. I'm so sorry. I'm terrible at names, but you guys know who you are and. You know, it was awesome talking to you guys. And nobody else does. But no, it's that's, <laughs> that you're, that's supposed to be left unsaid, Adrian. <laughs> but it was awesome talking to you guys, and I will go and look at my notebook, and I will learn your names. <laughs> but it was uh, it was awesome talking Scoop. to you guys. <laughs> Scoop in the unknown soldier, okay? <laughs> you know who you are. <laughs> Uh, so those guys, uh, Chris, uh, scoop in for Chris because he rocked it hitting top eight. Uh, also Nick for making top 32 
And also just Tales of Adventure, because they put on a killer uh, tournament. If you guys are in the Coopersburg, Pennsylvania area, if that's your LGS, I'm jealous. Because they have a sick, sick layout. Do they host this, like, at the actual store, or would they rent yeah. out? Yeah. No, it's hosted at, like, the store can fit, like, 300 people. Actually, more, oh, because Eternal Extravaganza was, like, 308 people in total. And they were able to fit that many? They had more than enough space. That's crazy. Because um, my LGS, like, my the closest game store to me... Like, could probably fit, like, 100 people, like, uncomfortably. Mm-hmm. And, that, and that's, like, I always thought that was a big store. So 300 people, that's got to be a huge store. If they really tried, they could probably fit, like, 400 people to 500 people. Oh, man, the next one they have... I'm like, definitely... 500 would be cramming them in as sardines, but... Yeah. They could... Well, I mean, it's cool that... I'm, I'm, I would feel like if they're a good store, they probably would be like, all right, well, at this number, like, we either need to cap or we need to find a bigger spot, right? Yeah, they would probably cap at 400 people, but it's awesome. So apparently what it used to be is it was an LGS originally, and it was next door to an auto body shop. Mm-hmm. And the auto body shop closed out, so they just bought the auto body shop and expanded the store into it. So it's like this massive, like, not warehouse because it's still low ceilings, but it's like, have you ever been in like, uh, like a machine shop where, like, an industrial space? Yeah, like an industrial space. So like, really big, wide open. They had, they still have the garage door, which is really nice because they cracked the garage door up, which cooled down the entire place, made it much more comfortable than you know, three hundred sweaty dudes in a in a room together. Um, that sounds like my fantasy, Jerry. Yeah. <laughs> fighting, fighting, over, fighting over shirts. Fighting hobos for uh, cake. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, guys, I need to go change my pants. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, that, that store was awesome. I mean, they had a bunch of vendors there. Oh, I need, I'm going to post it to the Facebook group, but in it, as is tradition, to soothe my woes, I just bought a bunch of foils. So <laughs> I got uh, foil, Grove of the Burn Willows. Uh, and then I completed my play set of foil polluted deltas in uh, flooded strands because, onslaught? man, when I lose, it gets fucking expensive. <laughs> they have the onslaught fetches, I'm assuming. Yeah, the onslaught. They were a good deal. I got them. I got them. So I got two polluted delta and a flooded strand, and they were seventy bucks each. So Jerry uses foil fucking magic cards as tissues for his tea. <laughs> <laughs> I do. It's Don't an expensive habit. Actually, that's not that's not bad. Like seventy bucks for a foil polluted delta and a foil flooded strand. That's what I did. I mean, they are blue foil fetches. They are going to go up. Like already, the non foils have been had you know gone way up, and it's just the foils haven't caught up yet. So if you still can, I heavily recommend picking up foil, uh, you know, on uh, cons fetches. Because I guarantee you, those are gonna double within probably. Oh, were they? Oh, so there were cons fetches. You got. I thought they were onslaught fetches. No, I got the I got the cons ones. Okay, even that, like even that's only like a three x multiplier, so that's really good. Right. I mean, if you look at it, like foil scouting tarns, were are still like two hundred and fifty dollars. Yeah. Oh, those are fucking bullshit. Um. So foil I think, fetches I think are people are gonna really want, and there is gonna be a time when they're not as abundant. I think the scal- I think scalding tarn that that set of fetches will be reprinted in, in oath, but. Right, but I think once they reprint them, we're not going to get them for a little while yet. Reprinted yeah. in what? In Oath of, the, Oath of the Gatewatch, the next set. No. Because, yeah, because you know what? Cons will rotate out, out when that set comes out. I don't oh, think it's going to be an Oath. I don't think it's going to be Oath. I think it's going to be the next block. Mm, maybe. Like I bet, and which which the next block is probably going to be Innistrad. I also oh. would not be surprised <laughs> if they don't print them for five more years and they stick to their schedule. Uh, I don't know, man. I'm just fucking calling shots over here, and I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say we're going back to we're going back to Innistrad, and I'm gonna say that uh, the new fetch, well, the the Zendikar fetches will be reprinted in Oath of the Gatewatch. Oh Probably. shit! 
Pat with a swish no backboard. <laughs> fucking called I, I took a shot. I'm calling him, man. I'm feeling on a hot streak. I'm still fired up about that GG thing, man. I'm going to fucking... Gonna <laughs> the fuck was the GG thing? Good the, game. The good games. We just talked about oh, that for like oh, three oh. minutes. No, he just no, does... I thought you were talking about like GG's live or something. It's, it's a... It's a uh, what's it called? It's a... Gener- Internet it's speak. A, it's a generation gap. <laughs> so adrian are you gonna sit on your front porch now with a shotgun and tell people to get off your lawn um if not can i do it for you because it's, actually, it's you kind of my bucket list you actually would have seen me saturday doing that, that was like... <laughs> oh really did you really shoot people off your lawn no i just kind of sat there <laughs> good for you man i'm i'm dude i'm happy for you owning the house is like a pretty it's a it's a daunting task but it's um it can be very rewarding. In the meantime, and scoop into top eight fucking Kyle. And uh, I'm still trying to get down to – I figured, it, I, you know, last time I went down to Wonderland, um, they didn't have anything else for Merfolk. I kind of got all the Merfolk stuff that they had. So mm-hmm. I figured I'll let them stock up a little bit and see if they get some Merfolk pieces. And scoop into top eight Flip because he's a fucking boss. And, um, and yeah, just uh, and scoop into top eight Aaron and fucking Kate because yeah. – that was some cool shit too. Yeah, and they are very eagerly it. awaiting the release of the the episode. Yeah, and, and it shall be delivered. And yeah. scoop into top eight, fucking Pat and Jerry, and uh, Pat's little guys who are going to be drinking some honey milk soon because <laughs> because Pat's going to have to wean them off the Nyquil. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what the kids are called Scotch these days? <laughs> I saw uh, a fucking prank. Milk. Did you guys see this prank the other day? Where some guy took a fucking Viagra, opened it up, and dumped it into a blue Powerade and gave it to his buddy. Oh, God. <laughs> That's deadly. He's driving, drinking a Powerade, like, hunching over shit. I'm like, that's oh, a fucking God. awesome prank. I'm pretty sure that's how you get a blood clot. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm you sure that's not his concern, yeah. Oh yeah, man, I've been like, out like out like playing basketball in shorts, and it's just like the worst of the worst. <laughs> it's amazing. That's a great prank. Oh, <laughs> Pat, great. you're coming off kind of gay this episode. <laughs> no, I'm just saying. Like, all right, can you imagine? Like, just like rocking a hard on in basketball shorts. Like, there's no way to hide that. You can't like, flip it up in the waistband. You know, like you're just fucked. You're just boned. Like, it's, it's a bad news. And like, you gotta walk out of the gym with a hard on. Like, come on. Like, like, yeah, you get to play real good defense that way. But like, you don't want to walk around like that. Nah, man. <laughs> Like, go ahead, try to post up on me with a raging heart on me. Fucking hell. Alright, I guess guys, that's where we're leaving the cast. <laughs> if you All stayed right. till the end, we're sorry. <laughs> I'm not sorry. Already the show goes on all night till the morning we dream so long. Anybody ever wonder when they will see the thunder? Just remember when you come up, the show goes on. Put your 
trust So even if they ban us, they'll never slow my plans up Show us going on. 